Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Power Women in Insurance. Today, we have a special guest for you. We have Carrie Ann Nadeau, and she is the founder and CEO of Ometry. And I am super excited because, guys, we always say that this podcast is for every woman, no matter what it is you do in the insurance space, whether or not you're on the agency side, the carrier side, a financial side, if you are with, no matter who you are. So today we are bringing Carrie Ann on because she is on a different aspect, working with research and numbers. And guys, you know what? Our insurance is all about research and numbers. And to have a powerful woman on that end of the spectrum, to be able to pick her brain and figure all that out and listen to her journey is something I think we're really going to enjoy today. So Carrie Ann, I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you? Teresa, it's my pleasure. We're all clapping for you. Yay! I know, Yay. I mean, like background noise is like, wah, you know, this, like, <laughs> exactly. the just goes nuts, right? Well, mm-hmm. Carrie, you actually came, and we talked about this earlier, recommended mm-hmm. by Jason Cass, because I was mm-hmm. on the Agency Intelligence uh, podcast, and it was specifically about promoting this podcast, but it was that point as well. He really said some names of powerful women in the insurance space. And he's like, you've got to introduce, you got to be able to interview these people. And you were right there on that list. So I'm excited to talk to you. Tell me a little bit about you, how you got started, where you've been and how you're rocking it today. Yeah. How I got to your office, Teresa. Here we go. <laughs> um, <In here. laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I, um, Definitely want to appreciate and support that you're putting yourself out there to bring more information to other people and being your just like truly authentic self and putting that out for others to consume and enjoy. Um, already, I'm enjoying this podcast, so I hope you're listening. Well, good. Um, yeah, so I'm Carrie Ann. My background's uh, I actually come from way outside of the insurance industry and uh, found myself at the insurance industry over the last three years or so. Um, so I actually, I started my career, I, I'm for the data nerds out there. So hopefully folks, some folks are turning their dial up. Not everyone is dialing it all the way down to start. But um, my, my passion, my whole career has been math. And I was that kid in elementary school that wrote the essay that like the teacher was like, tell us about something you love. And I wrote all about how much I love math. (laughs) That weirdo. You're that kid in school. Yeah. Um, And like praise (laughs) to the parents, like my parents who let that shine and let that light like go out onto the world, um, who supported that and who encouraged me to follow those passions as a young girl. I don't think that all young women are being parented in a similar way so I am super grateful that my parents saw that um in me and encouraged it to grow but my mother also is like honest about wow like we were dealing with some tough stuff to start like you turned out okay and normal (laughs) like we did a good job like we're thankful thank the gods right it worked out like that's almost how all parents are some days raising my kids some days I'm like you know they're good. They're good citizens. We're good. We're happy. We're successful. <laughs> C's are great in my household because it means you are average. And that is like, <laughs> as a statistician and somebody who understands numbers, like average is great. Like, 
being average, you will have a, like in that range. And no, we're all not going to be Einsteins. And hopefully we're, none of us are Unabombers. Like great. Right. Like that spectrum average, you're doing a Go for it. job <laughs> as a parent. Like that's all you can hope is to get your kid out average. Um, no. So uh, I was a little bit above average on math tests essentially. And I got really excited over the course of my career working, I worked at the Urban Institute and then the Brookings Institution doing research. And then I went to MIT and studied city planning. And I was just all the while really caring about where you are in your community, actually where you live and the importance of what zip code you're born into or where you choose to live on your life outcomes. You might have uh, difficulty just based on where you live to access transportation, to get to work or to good childcare or to good grocery stores that have fresh mm -hmm. food and produce. I mean, there's all sorts of implications on where you start your life on your life outcomes. Um, and I felt really drawn to the importance of that factor and thinking through like how we make choices, policy choices for those communities how we build products that better serve those communities. Mm. And ultimately I found that insurance is a really interesting space because largely if we're, if we're real talk about it, right? 25 years ago, it was a bunch of white guys at a table mm. decided how a lot of different insurance products would be priced. And frankly, there hasn't been enough innovation or enough change or enough like even light shown on some of the choices that they had made and the downstream implications for mm -hmm. people of color, people who live in concentrated yeah. poverty, frankly, women as well. Because if you think 25 years ago, there were a lot more housewives that did not drive. So actually the demographic mix of who's on the road today and how often women are on the road being responsible for picking kids up at childcare, school, and all of the responsibilities that women take on their shoulders because we're amazing. Um, Powerful. But I think about like, what the heck? We haven't actually had any major revision or overhaul for things like auto insurance in 25 years. So I thought, well, shoot, I can fix, I can fix that problem, which is a little <laughs> naive, bold, uh, absurd. I mean, depending on your perspective. Um, but as a fellow entrepreneur, you'll know that like when you see something that is you're passionate about, you know that you have the skill and ability and determination and will and effort and focus to go through difficult times to solve that problem for your customer or for the world, I think you, there's, there's just no other choice. You mm -hmm. see it and you say, that's what I'm here to do. That's why I'm doing it. And so I built Ometry, <laughs> which, is a, which is the business manifestation of it. Essentially, what we do is take data from state and local government agencies. This is like the police pull you over, they give you a ticket uh, for speeding, or the, you get in a bad wreck, you hit a guardrail, the police come, respond, make sure you're okay, pull you off, make sure the tow truck gets there. That information actually gets held within your state and local government. For a, lar for a large part, like most people are consciously unaware that- Yeah, that I didn't know that. There. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, think about all the permits, right? All of the city, county permits that anytime you restore a bathroom or you add an addition or you do major construction on your home or a small business maybe fails a health inspection here or there, right? Oops. 
that information goes back to the government and it's held somewhere. So it's actually a really cool data source that we use to figure out where it's unsafe to drive. Um, and we use that criteria. We, we try to help insurance carriers, risk managers, fleets, um, to help advise them about how they can keep their customers safer off of the roads that are the most dangerous, or at least driving with greater awareness. Hey, like you're sending your kid to school every day and exit 13, which was the exit I got off of high school. This is a real story. The high school exit that I took every day to high school and had like some stupid high school boy driving me too to add to it, right? <laughs> Never a good combination. <laughs> it is the most dangerous on-ramp in all of the state of Connecticut. No. I mean, yes. And if I'm a parent, I am at city, like city hall tomorrow saying, holy shit, one, fix the problem because yep. this shouldn't be as egregious of a, of a, you know, logistical nightmare as it is of an intersection. But also, I'm telling my kid, no way in hell you get on exit 13. Like, you're get getting on, on exit 14. Or, you know, 10 and just drive on the access road, whatever you need to do. But yeah, totally. Thank and I think you. we've all encountered that before because I have that con that, that conversation with clients because they're like, well, what do you mean my insurance is different at this, at this town than this town, right? They're moving or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, because maybe you live in the area that has that one intersection that always has an accident at it, like all ways and everybody laughs and they go oh <laughs> that one. yeah I know what you're talking about and I'm like if you live next door to that intersection you're gonna have higher rates and they're like oh <laughs> okay I get it and people don't think about that though it's not something that as consumers we really think about when it comes down to it but yet at the same point it is how they how insurance companies determine rate and blah 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 and then there's like you said, so many other factors, but we all had know that, uh, that intersection, right. That we all avoid or that we're yeah. extra careful when we go through. Absolutely. And for some people it's like pulling out of their own driveway. Yeah. Like sometimes it's like right in your front yard. Um, and yeah, I think it has incredible potential to have a real impact on people's lives because we put this information into the hands of those drivers. You know, it's a great piece of differentiated information mm -hmm. when someone comes into your office to say, Hey, I see this is your address, like just a value add for you. Here are the most dangerous roads in your community that like, we want you to be safe, right? The value proposition is I'm going to make money if you don't have a claim. So my relationship becomes more of a care relationship than it is a feeling of exploitation or like sucking every dollar out of you by tracking your speeding and your heartbreaking and being yeah. that big brother, evil guy. Like nobody wants to buy that. Come on. <laughs> But if you're like, hey, why don't you take your kid up one exit every time they go to high school? Just FYI, we know your daughter goes to school here, there, whatever. Want you to be aware, man, like consumers might actually want that product. And that is, that is to your, use your word about your podcast, revolutionary <laughs> when it comes to a relationship with a customer. I mean, no insurance carrier today seems to care at that much about their customers wow. um, to give them that information. And then on top of it, which I think is really cool, the math works, right? The math actually plays out to be much more fair. So if you're rated based on where you drive, I'd much rather be rated where, I'm, where I drive. If I'm a black woman living in concentrated poverty in a 
poor neighborhood with a lot of break-ins, like my rate is 70% higher than anybody else just because of who I am and where I live Mm -hmm. versus, Mm -hmm. hey, you drive to work on some of the safest roads every single day. Like you don't drive five days a week. You only drive three. You don't go more than a hundred miles, you know, every week or so, right? Hey, these are all ways that we can actually qualify more people that traditionally we would overlook or overprice. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's probably the most important thing I can be doing with my life. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And it does, it helps to, like you said, it helps to level out the concept of maybe people who would be paying more under certain assumptions that maybe they have things like they don't drive to work every day. Maybe they work from home or, you know, whatever, that we can help them and we can help to be able to be that. Now, do you offer, you had mentioned that, um, can agencies, just because I'm from the agency side, I know I say that like on every single episode, is that something that agencies could even offer directly on out to their clients from your, your services? Absolutely. It's oh, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Okay. We will be in touch. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, I'm not, my mind is just blown right now. <laughs> These podcasts sometimes, I'm telling you, they lead to lucrative deals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. Wow. I absolutely am super excited to provide these data to agents. And in the interim, before we have a relationship, we actually published this really cool website called wherecrashes.com. Super sticky. Go to the website. It's got state-by-state breakout with trends over COVID-19. Because during COVID-19, insurance carriers don't know what the heck is going on, right? Yeah. Like, all of the roads are empty, but there's still crashes and people seem to be speeding a whole lot more, whether that's lack of awareness or distracted driving or just mentally being in another space or just being ill, I don't know. Um, so, so I think it's really important right now to be advising drivers that although traffic crashes have gone down precipitously, actually fatalities have not. Crashes that involve severe and fatal crashes are staying constant. So last year, same time, same number of fatal crashes, which is terrifying because yeah. nobody's driving. So why aren't fatal crashes going away, yeah. right? Yeah, great Um, question. Yeah, certainly a problem for carriers who are returning $10 billion worth of premium because they thought that they weren't going to have that many claims and still have holding the bag on, you know, potential litigious lawsuits where people died at the same rate. But that aside, for agents, I think it's exceptionally important to be just a trusted advisor with your customer and, and let them know, hey, like, You may think it's safer out there, but people are speeding and crashes are still happening and people are still dying. The number of people who die in a car crash, the average actually went up, meaning it's not single people driving alone, that these are cars full of people who are being involved in fatal crash. I mean, just devastating consequences. So I think that kind of information to your point is valuable to to any customer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love your passion for the numbers, the data, but yet also how impactful it is to our community and to the companies that determine so much of that. So tell me a little bit bit about you being an entrepreneur. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, okay. So in the data range of life, right? You being a woman, being a business owner, being a mathematician, being, you know, I mean, having a life, having a family, you're obviously a a very interesting person. So I don't think you live under a rock. How do you 
kind of balance all of that? Because that's a lot to have to balance, have to grow, have to be able to be accountable for, connect with the people, the places, the data, the the, the awesomeness, because you are right in the middle of all of it. How do you, how do you kind of balance that? And how do you kind of find that, that you can not like pull your hair out at the end of the day or, you know, have your eighth glass of wine? I don't know, because some days that looks really attractive to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm human too. I, I definitely lost some hair. I definitely got more grays and I definitely <laughs> consumed a few bottles of wine in my day. Um, yeah, no, I'm like a curveball off the plate. Like nobody sees me coming. I'm just so outside of the norm and people's expectations. But the truth is like people's opinions of me at the end of the day and whether or not they choose to do business with me, that's their choice and sort of outside of my control is how I think of the world. Um, and the more I'm honest to my own truth of being a little bit weird, a little bit eccentric, a little bit data forward. I make everything more technical than it needs to be, right? Like ask my partner, he's just like, I was just asking yes or no, and you broke down the probability of it being yes. So I'm still not sure yes or no, right? Like I'm, I'm a different breed, but that's cool because I think a lot of really amazing things come for people that just see the world from the left, you know, or the right, or like a lot of business owners I, I find are like that, that say like, I'm not in a job because it feels riskier for me to, to work for somebody else that could fire me at any moment. I love the idea of controlling your own destiny and charting your own course and going to the depth of your own human powers, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how, do you feel that way? When you come to work every day, you're like, I have the ability to manifest my best self every day. That's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. There, and there are even sometimes I sit in meetings that I literally, like, I'll take a selfie when I'm on the phone or whatever. And then I'll take like the, 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 like, you know, the little, uh, what do you call them? Not, not emojis, but like the little stuff that comes along with like Snapchat mm -hmm. or whatever, like arrows or whatever. And yeah. I'll like, put an arrow through my head, you know, and I'll put like blood coming out the side of my mouth and I'll send it to my husband. I'm like, I could never work for corporate America. This I just, is the real me. <laughs> and I find myself really, really, really having no desire to go back that direction. But mm -hmm. at the same point, it, is tough to be able to manage a team, balance all the other pieces. And there are days that I just want to throw in the towel there as well. But I think being, you know, um, a powerful woman does mean also realizing, connecting, helping others through that process and making sure that we know that we're not alone, but then also empowering other people to know that we're not alone as well. And I love the fact that even in the insurance space, you created kind of your own insurance is such a huge industry with so many different moving parts. I love the fact that you kind of created your own area in right. that specifically <laughs> that you're, and you're, and you're knocking it out of the ballpark that you're killing it, that you're doing things not everybody else does. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think people think of insurance as <clears throat> maybe boring or, you know, so old school or whatever, you're really cutting through new territory in that industry. And I think that is super, super, super cool. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I'll say doing something new is, is definitely not easy, right? Especially in insurance because it's so uh, regimented or like structured. But I, I don't know. I like shaking it up a little bit. Um, 
you know, if I had to give advice, like it's just sort of a fearlessness with which you approach uh, every problem. You can't be afraid of the problems in front of you. You just have to like figure it out. And sometimes you're going to do it by lighting your hair on fire and like running naked through a forest. Like sometimes it doesn't look pretty. Like (laughs) it just doesn't. But to your point about like um, being there for each other and, and really having a community. I was, I was walking with my partner the other day. We take these longer walks to sort of decompress and yeah. breathe in the trees and just have the Fresh little outside time during COVID-19, exactly. And he was hearkening um, to this feeling as well, why being an entrepreneur is somewhat sticky, why people don't leave once they get a little bit of the taste. And I think it's because of the friends you meet. True. like. That's ultimately what we came to is they are the coolest people that I always want to hang out with in the room. Like they're the people that I want to be closest to and want to know best and want to have a relationship with. And like, if you're unhappy in a corporate environment where you're like, I would never be friends with these people. That's like a really good signal that actually maybe entrepreneurship is something that you should consider because we're really, really awesome people. Not to like (laughs) you and me, I know we know this about each other, but generally I find such wonderfully passionate, like aspirational and inspirational people that I can't ever leave because I don't want to lose my friends. Yeah. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Yeah, and they have such great stories of like... Um, you know, accomplishment. And, and we, we really build, I always tell people that what we do is we, it's a, it's a soul, it's a soul song or, or what is the term a lot of people, Mm -hmm. it's a soul song of what it is that we do, the way that we do it. And, um, I actually did a uh, Facebook Live, uh, not Facebook Live, an Instagram Live recently where um, we were talking specifically about a book called The Agency, and it's called Build, uh, Grow, Repeat. And um, the first chapter is the book is called Know Your Why, right? And mm-hmm. everybody always talks about whenever you go to these business things, know your why, because your why is what powers you through. But the reality is, is that even in life, our why changes as we go throughout life, right? Our why is not the same when we're 25 as when we're maybe 35 as even when we're 55. And um, I mean, I'm not that old. I'm, I'm only 47, which I like to use the word only because I, I feel like I'm not, you know, too far on each, each end of the spectrum. But at the same point, I have grown children because I started super young and uh, I had my first kid at 19, my second one at 25. And because of that, my why changed and all of a sudden when my kids were grown, it was no longer about providing trips to Disney World or, you know, whatever. It, it no longer was about that. It, and I realized that we have these different pillars of our lives, of our family, of our career, of our service, what we're passionate about socially maybe. And then we even have a pillar of ourself, right? And we need to be able to have an overarching why 
of why we are what we are, why we do what we do, that actually services each one of those pillars because each one of those pillars changes throughout time. And therefore we need, if we want to talk about a why that fires us through, it can't be based on an element that changes. It needs to be based on us, what sets our soul on fire. Mm-hmm. And that is to me what the entrepreneurial spirit is all about is doing something that sets our soul on fire. And even if it's something that like the insurance industry, there've been insurance agents for years but people don't run an agency the way I run it. Mm-hmm. So therefore I bring my special, my special flair, right? Like office space, my flair, all my flair. I bring all my flair. And I love that you're doing that too. Exactly. Even with all your stuff. And I think that's so cool. And, yeah. and I love that. And I mean, how do you kind of connect with your team then through that process to make, to make that whole process fun and exciting and unique and bring mm-hmm. your special flair to the industry? Yeah. And I want to riff on something you said there too, because we're so hard on ourselves. Like Mm. I think when we have a team around us, oftentimes like our team is going to hold us accountable to things that we said we were going to do. They're going to be tough on us. We're going to be tough on ourselves. And so the camaraderie that comes from knowing other founders is that experience of like, I am already incredibly critical of my own professional like oh my goodness. And then like my team piles it on, not because of anything wrong about what we did or anything, but I I expect and hold them to the same high standard as, as I have. Um, and frankly, like we're paying paychecks. So it's an important thing to be responsible for, um, keeping the lights on and kids, you know, daycare bills being paid. It's, it's a lot of pressure on a founder's shoulders. So I think it's, um, it's important that founders reach out to founders and founders are really supportive of other people looking to maybe dip their toe in or take that leap because um, you don't get that from anywhere else in the journey. Nobody's going to like pull you aside and be like, I just want to tell you you're doing a great job. Like when was the last time you heard that? Like never, never. Nobody is going to be like holding you up other than the, friends you make in this entrepreneurial community um, and people that can just deeply empathize because people that have never been in your shoes will never fully understand how hard it actually is. Um, But your question was about how do I motivate the team? How do I get the team excited? And I think one of the most important things that we share very early on in our hiring process is that we are mission driven. Like if you don't agree with what we, with the vision we have set out for this business, this isn't for you. And I'll tell you, like, I've had meetings with people that are stunned that at the end of the meeting, I'm like, look, I don't think this is a good fit. Like, I'm not going to continue to recommend that you be hired here. And I'll tell you why. But you got to understand that what we're doing, especially in the data space, it can have really big impact downstream. So it's important that we're all mission aligned from the beginning instead of having to build ethics and build values in as we go and end up with a very diluted sense of who we are and what we're setting out to do, we try to bring people closer into our orbit that get the issues that we're trying to address either intimately because they they themselves have experienced that or because they also see this problem and feel as motivated and as excited as as we do about solving it. So for example, our um, head of, or like essentially our chief technology officer, he manages all the data architecture and engineering. If you think I'm a nerd, wait to meet Ali. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I love him dearly. But um, Ali is an immigrant from Morocco. And just hearing his story about coming to the United States and struggling to get car insurance oh, is wow. disparaging, right? People yeah. with a domestic license who have a foreign license, it's a much more difficult process. The kid has a master's degree in computer science and is like an absolute genius you know, incredible human being that more than reasonably deserves a fair price on their auto insurance, but he's in a non-standard market. Like that's nuts. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we build a lot of empathy and demand for what we do and desire within the office simply by like starting from the jump and, and filtering people that we don't believe are as passionate about the issues that we're passionate about. And I think that you could probably manifest that manifest that as an agent as well, who you bring on to work with you, giving opportunity f- to fellow women or people that you see something in that they may not even see in themselves yet, but you can mentor and advise and bring up along the way. I know you've had, uh, you've discussed briefly some of the programs that, that you're doing to try to build that sort of camaraderie as well. And I just think those are the, those are the powerful things. Like you can't get someone to like you a lot and then love you. You have to start by having that love and building and nurturing that love over time to have a really meaningful relationship with the people that you work with and the product that you're building and your customer. So maybe it's a long way of saying like hire who like who you want to love and work with and who you want to be around. I think that's so key though. It really is because you know, we're around those people a lot. I mean, we're around them a lot. And if we don't like them, oh my gosh. Yeah. They know your tics. Like they know that you sneak chocolate. Like they know everything. (laughs) My team does not know that. My team does not know that I sneak chocolate. No, I'm just kidding. No, my team's really funny because they, they especially during COVID and everything, they're like, so do you have your diet, Dr. Pepper? I'm like, yes, I got it. Thank you. And then I've got another team member that's like, and that's number what for the day? And I'm like, it's number one, back off, back off. We're not going there. You know? or number one that you've drunk that may be a right. different number but I'm just saying no, I'm, you know yeah. doesn't mean you know and I'm always like well how good of a day do you guys want me to be happy today I mean how good of a day are we gonna have because this might be you know my second I don't know <laughs> yeah, the team doesn't schedule anything before 10 a.m for a reason um right. I'm an absolute bear like I'm the most miserable person to be around but I bring it home at like six to seven o'clock, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. And that's part of being an entrepreneur too, is that we get to be able to set that schedule and, and kind of, you know, work when we're, we're at our best as well. And, and I really want to bring that to our team of helping them to be that entrepreneurial spirit to be able to be their most successful rather than being somebody who right. says, you have to be here at eight o'clock in the morning when they absolutely hate eight o'clock in the morning, you know? Right. And maybe that's just not their space, but if they're working at you know, seven, eight o'clock and they're getting things done, then, you know, I'm, I'm, as long as our clients get taken care of and we're growing and we're effective and I'm, I'm not, I'm not super picky about all that. You know, that's not. Yeah. Yeah, There's no right or wrong answer. It's sort of what you make of it. And there are many means to to the same ends. So success comes in many different packages and many different forms and many different paths. And I have made a ton of mistakes in my life. So I, I try to have that same like level of, of generosity with others that I work with as well. That, that resonates with me. True, true, true. And you know, it's a growth process. I mean, 
you know, like we talked about earlier, we're not going to be the same people in five years that we were today. And, you know, we're going to be similar. Don't get me wrong, but we're, we're going to have other things that are become important to us. Maybe we have a great conversation with somebody that sets, sets us on fire to be able to be really passionate about something else. Like you said, because you started your business in 2015. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we had a- there was something that happened in 2013, 2014, or throughout that process of the years before that you just, that you just said, stop the presses. This no longer is going to work for me. Whatever you were doing at mm-hmm. that point in time, I need this. And this is what I have to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's great because it is a constantly evolving space of being, being a woman, being an entrepreneur, being just a human being. Even if we work for a carrier, even if we work for a major national corporation, even if we're in billing, no matter what it is we do, our lives are constantly evolving and changing and growing. Mm-hmm. And um, to be sensitive to that and be in an industry that I think there's a lot of people that are still very stuck in 1962. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But we have a really huge percentage of people across the board, including with the carriers, including with the major um, major powers that be that are really interested in growing, moving forward, being more accurate, being fairer to our clients, like what you had mentioned. And I think we're seeing some of that really come about. And I really would love for us to be able to learn more about how to be able to do that and grow appropriately in the insurance mm-hmm. space. And then also just as, you know, human beings. And I see a lot of companies and carriers really having women's expos now that they didn't have five years ago, right? And they're bringing a lot of that data to us, like what you're providing that they didn't do five years ago. And Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about seeing all those changes five years from now and where we're going and what we're doing. So I appreciate you for being a part of that. Yeah, thank you. Revolution. Yeah, (laughs) thank you for putting me in that cast of like what's coming in the next five years, because I think that's what we all need to just keep our eyes on or how are we growing our own businesses and evolving to meet the moment and meet the needs of our customers over the long term. I fear that insurance as an industry has strayed away from that organic ethic that sits at the center of all of us, which is like, we're here to help each other. We're here in times of need. Like when things go wrong, you can count on us to be there for you as your community. And just restressing that ethic and re coming back around to it because there's a lot of fees. There's a lot of ways to get the price to look a certain way for somebody. Like, I don't know that the products we're bringing to market today are working for everybody. And I think we should reconsider in many, in many conversations in many boardrooms and on the street, like how we're serving the people that ultimately are our customers. Are we, are they satisfied with our product and how can we improve it to better meet their needs? We're coming back around to that. Like, and I think there's a lot of interest in that for serving everybody and not just some people um, that we can make a lot of money off of. Right. Like, I think there's a real sea change and I'm glad to hear on the ground level as well that like our data can sift down to real decisions and real people and impact real people's lives every single day. Um, Whether that's taking their kids on a different route to school or getting like a slightly more affordable car insurance policy that then enables them to, to, you know, enroll the kid in soccer practice. Right. 
right? and everybody does they want to make sure that they aren't overpaying for insurance so they can do those things in fact i got an email yesterday from a lady who's a friend of mine and she's like teresa she goes i, I totally want to support you and what you're doing at this insurance thing but we got to say this this premium's gone up three years in a row let's oh at least God. talk about this and she even said she said because i'm really trying to make sure that i'm super conscious about putting money away for my future she's mm. about my age so you know she's really trying to make sure that she's building her her retirement and her future but even with that, you know, we have, like you said, soccer practice. We have maybe, I was talking to a client yesterday who has family over in a totally different country that she's trying to get to because she has six grandchildren in another country. She gets to see them once a year and it's really important for her. So for her to be able to have an increase in her auto premiums of $50 a month, it might not be a big deal to one person, but to her, that's money that could go towards a, an airplane ticket, right? That's to right. be able to do her round trip airplane ticket. So we need to keep that in mind that there's always true pricing that we need to make sure that the losses are covered, that the companies are productive, but then also to where we're taking care of the client, we're doing what's right. And I'm seeing a lot of insurance agents too, some conversations I've had that I think are super important that they're literally saying, hey, I'm partnering up maybe with an insurance company that's willing to write different types of risks than I am because where I'm at right now is I want to do the risk analysis. I want to bring value. I want to make sure you're placed in the right place and if that's not the type of insurance agent you want then you know what I applaud that that's fine but mm -hmm. here you need to just be with this other agency over here because they are doing exactly what you're talking about which is protecting and doing what's right for the client and in the long run that's always going to be the better path yeah and I just want the whole nation to come back to that ethic in a way where like we're caring for each other no matter yeah politics or our opinions it's like we should be there for each other in the time of need yeah. and like I think insurance can take a real leading role on that because that is so authentic to who we are and why we chose to do what we do why that keeps you coming back trying to find the best policy for your customers try to make sure they're taken care of yeah. and so I think I think the the tides are changing in that where the sea had gone out but it's coming back in now we're we're seeing frankly, also the ascendance of women into leadership positions that are shepherding those sorts of approaches, a, a more, if I may, feminist approach, um, you know, a more mothering type mentality than a sort of stick versus carrot approach, right? Like, we're actually returning to maybe revisiting the ethic and the reason why we're doing this and what we want the world to look like five years from now. So yeah, yeah. And we want to make sure everybody's really protected. And we want to, you know, just like you said, our, our teams, you know, we want to know that we wanted our clients, we want to be able to do that. And I think that's fabulous. Well, you know what, Carrie, and I would really love if, hmm, not that I wanted to wait be another year before I talk to you, not like we we're oh, in a no, year that we've gone out, not like I have to anything, but <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is we need to do this again sometime because I want to talk to you as the industry grows, as you're out there doing some of this, as your company grows, as you are evolving in this space as well, because I know you've been in this business for five years and sometimes it takes us a little while to kind of get moving and sometimes it takes a little while to change the power that these minds, they, they need your product, right? And so forth. And I would love to come back to this and explore what this looks like as we go, because I have totally enjoyed talking to you. And if cool. I'm local, if you're ever in Dallas, I'm down in Dallas. So if you're ever in Dallas, if you're down here for a conference post COVID, whatever, if I'm up in your space, I'm giving you a call, girl. 
I am all about it. I'm going to make it a point to get to Dallas because I hear the barbecue there is amazing and I have never been to Dallas. So never been to um, I will show you around. Going to take you up on that. And then I would also encourage like other female agents in your area. I know you're probably connected to a lot. I know you've got a lot of supporters and friends would love to connect on, on uh, LinkedIn. That's the best Perfect. way to keep in touch. So if your followers want to reach out to me, we'll put the link in the bio or, or link publish it with the podcast to make sure folks can connect because I'm looking forward to getting to know your community and the people that you believe are doing great things down in Texas. I'd love to come Absolutely. and visit soon. That would be amazing. And we do usually ask how can people reach out to you and connect with you and get to know you. Remind me of that website that you said that you guys have again, oh, that yeah. would be really good resource as well. Absolutely. So wherearecrashes.com. We're keeping it updated. Texas is included. So I think we have data up and through maybe June or July um, that shows you how the trend is changing fatalities. It breaks it out on a county level if you click through. Wow. So yeah, there's quite some detailed data up on the website, wherearecrashes.com. And then LinkedIn is the best way to reach out to me. I'm really active. If I don't get back to you within like 24 hours, you she said yell at me in all caps because I just <laughs> fell off. I had to say paper. you were super responsive on LinkedIn because I went through mm -hmm. and I found you and then you were like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, I was like, Wow, this is really cool. So you're like, Can you get on a on podcast? There. I was like, Tomorrow is tomorrow good? Let's do this. <laughs> yes. No, I'm super excited to connect with people on LinkedIn and hear more about their journeys and stories. I'm gonna take you up on that in Dallas and we're gonna come once this COVID thing is over, come together. I would love to. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, everybody, thank you so much for attending today. This is Carrie Ann Nadeau with uh, Ometry. And yep. uh, guys, look her up online. Follow her on LinkedIn. And uh, make sure that you are up with all the cool things that she's doing because she is cutting new paths in the insurance industry that are super important for all of us and our clients and resources that we can go ahead and we can bring to our teams as well. Guys, this is the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. Please do make sure that you subscribe so that you can hear all the amazing things that women across the insurance industry are doing that impact all of us and get to know their stories, get to know them, reach out, connect. Guys, we are a community. This is not just an interview. This is a community building opportunity and project. And make sure you do uh, follow us. You can get everybody's uh, podcasts as we put them out every single Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook at Power Women in Insurance. Look us up on Instagram. Um, we don't actually, we're not actually on LinkedIn, but you can look me up on LinkedIn. I probably need to do that. I'll do that. And um, everybody have a fabulous afternoon. Thanks everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.